Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome your host, the one, the only, Timmy Gibson. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that, but I don't think I don't think I have I don't think I have an applause that I can add in here on the Anchor app, I don't think. If there's an applause after this, then I did. But I don't think I do. <laughs> anyway, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is for you. Thanks so much for joining me today for the Timmy Gibson Show. And I do appreciate you taking time out of your day or throughout your day or on your drive or whatever it is that whenever it is that you listen to my podcast. It, um, yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot that that you would listen to my um my ramblings, my whatever, whatever this is, my thoughts, my perspectives, uh, the interviews, you know, the, those have been the best. I mean, gosh, um, those have been my favorite, to be honest. Um, I would love to, uh, yeah, people often ask me, you know, if you could do anything in the world, what would you want to do? Well, goodness gracious, that's a, that's a crazy question. Matter of fact, that's a that's a, let's, that's a, that's a good exercise. Why don't you think about that too while I think about it here? <laughs> what what? Why don't you get a pen and paper out or get your journal out? Let's just think through that before we get into our topic today. Which today we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about the different facets of love and like romantic love. Um. So yeah, stay tuned. We're going to talk about love. Ooga ooga. Anyway, yeah, that's a good exercise to think about and and take time to meditate on. What what would you do if you could do anything? And I don't mean anything like if you could fly like Superman. I don't mean th- unrealistic <laughs> or soup or you know un unattainable stuff. I mean legitimate. If I was to Excuse me. If I was to give you, that was a burp. If I was to give you whatever it would take today, what, 10 million, <laughs> 10, 5 million, whatever. I met a guy yesterday that was 39, 39 and retired. Oh, I punched him in the throat. No, I'm kidding. I was so like proud. Of, I didn't know the guy, but I was just like so proud of him. Like, dude, good for you. Dang. Anyway, so if I gave you several million dollars, whatever it would take for you to to not ever be concerned about money again, I think you could do that with a million, but let's just go over the top. Let's say I gave you $5 million and what would be the next thing you'd do? You know, besides like invest and deposit the money, whatever, like what, what would you do? You know, would you, would you sell your house? Would you buy an RV? Would you keep everything pretty much the same, buy a vacation home? Would you quit your job and travel the world? Um, I don't know. Like, would you write that book? Would you pick up an instrument and, and just go ahead and since you can't make, since you haven't been able to make money at it full time, you would you just go ahead and just do it anyway without the money? Does that make sense? Like if you were like a musician and, and couldn't find a way to make that your living, but now you don't need a living, uh, would you just, play coffee shops and bars and clubs every weekend or you know what I mean? Like, what would you do? Um, that's something to, I think that's a great exercise. I think about that often. I really do. I, 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 every so often will take time and just think, what would I do 
if I could do anything. And then what I would say to you, which is the same thing I say to me is, well, then do it like do it. It's one of the reasons I picked up photography and made a, made an investment in a, in a professional, um, kind of a, not a, I wouldn't, I don't think my camera's an entry level. I think it's a little bit above an entry level. At least that's what I've been told. Anyway, I, I bought a real nice camera and, uh, it shouldn't be entry level for a couple thousand bucks after it was all said and done. Uh, anyway, um, what would you do? Would you, I don't know, like that's something to think about. So again, if whatever you would do, if you were given enough money to do whatever you wanted to do, it would be to lean into that. Now, obviously we can't fully lean into that just because you still need to do your day job. Maybe most likely you still need to work, still need to make an income, but why couldn't you spend some time doing whatever, whatever it is you would do if you could do whatever you want? Cause here's the thing about life. At least this is how I, how I live it, or, or at least not how I live it, how I live it kind of, and want to live it more this way. Like this is a goal. Okay. This is like, this is my aspiration is we get one life as far as I know. I mean, who knows? I don't know if there's reincarnation, maybe who knows, but if there is, then you're not, you're not super aware of it. You know what I mean? It's not like you can hide a, a photo album in, in the earth. And then when you come back, you go dig that up and go, ah, there's my prior life. Does that make sense? You know? So when people say, no, we, the reincarnation is a fact, like <sighs> stop with the fact shit. Because if it was a fact, then you literally could do what I just said. You could bury a little time capsule. And then when you come back, like go dig it up and go, here was me back in the 1800s. So anyway, outside of whatever you believe, that's whatever you believe. But in the realm of facts, we get one life. Okay. So why not live it to the full? Do whatever, whatever. Like... If you want to paint, paint, here's what people think. Well, yeah, but I can't make any money doing that. And it's just did it responsibilities. I got this. I got, so you can still make time to paint. You can still make time to learn an instrument. You can still like there's affordable ways to do everything, right? We make time for the things that are really important to us. That's, that's the truth. And so if art is important to you, then make time for it. If music is important to you, make time for it. If travel is important to you, not only make time for that, but don't buy Starbucks every day. Like uh, do whatever you need to do to travel. And I think what people think about when they think about travel is like, why well, just, you know, I can't afford it. Here's the deal. Here's something to think about. Yes, it can be. Okay. I've not traveled extensively, but I've been to... Pff, 10 countries. So, you know, I'm definitely not any kind of world traveler, but I've done some travel. Okay. Some and want to do more. I definitely do not want to leave this earth without experiencing some things. Like I'm going to see the pyramids. I want to go to the Holy land. I mean, there's several things that like, there's no way I want to die and, and not have experienced or seen in person. Um, but it just, it's a bit, it's a bigger commitment to save, right? Like if you want to travel the world, 
well, that, then you have to make a sacrifice. You have to have a smaller house, a, a, an older car. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't eat out all the time. I mean, there, ha there, there are adjustments that would need to be made in your life to accommodate this dream of travel. And sometimes it's a huge commitment and some people just don't want to make that big of a commitment. So, you know, I would question your, your desire then, you know, how, how, how do you really desire to travel? Because if you do, then your life should, you know, then you shouldn't have the brand new car with the big car payment and with this and with that. Like if you um, want to travel, then you have to live your life in such a way that you're able to save a decent amount of money and you're not just looking for a pie in the sky way of, of traveling. Does that make sense? Anyway, that is not the topic today, but I just wanted to encourage you on those, on that, on that thing. Just, I came to my mind today, literally as I pushed record that popped in my mind because that's part of living a full life. Um, you know, part of living a full life is making sacrifices so that you can do the things that you want to do. So, all right, I'm going to do this because this little section was a separate section from what I'm going to talk about. So that's a little, that's a little exercise for you to think about, about living your dreams, doing whatever you want to do. Um, that's a good exercise. So make sure you do that. Take some time. Think about what you would do if I gave you $5 million. How would your life be different? Uh, what things would you invest in? How would you live your life? And then try to live that way even now without the $5 million. All right, guys. I'll be right back for a talk about love. Hello and welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. My name is Timmy Gibson. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me today for a little talk about Love. Love is a curious thing. Who's figured it out? I don't know. I know that uh, I've not figured it out. Though I'm in the love business, and so love is something that is not only on my mind for personal reasons, but, you know, I mean, I do a lot of weddings. I perform like this week, this particular weekend, I've got six, six weddings. So lots of love, lots of love. But, you know, I'm also a relationship coach, so I've experienced the heartache, you know, um, the joys, the joys of, of marriage, the joys of the wedding day, uh, and then, you know, the hardships of relationships or um, the, the misery of a divorce, uh, the challenges of love, the ups and downs of love the the loneliness or the feeling of will i ever meet somebody you know that's that's one of the probably the because i work as a date coach too so it's wild i'm i mean i'm just really immersed in the in the love in the love culture and of course my favorite movies of all time are romantic movies that's that's my favorites which i'll i'll tell you a few of my favorites here in a minute <laughs> which i love sharing and when i say favorites what to me how how i determine what's a favorite is if i can watch it over and over like if it's a movie that i could watch every month then then that's 
obviously a favorite if, if it's something I can watch over and over and over again. Though there are there are movies like like this isn't a romantic movie-ish. Actually, it kind of was. Anyway, Avatar. Avatar, I don't know what it was about Avatar. Such a cool movie. And I'm super excited about Avatar 2 or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, super excited about it. But, uh, you know, I watched it once and it was amazing. Like one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. And then I think I watched it one other time and it just, it was still awesome. Like it was a great movie, but I don't know. It's one of those that uh, some movies you just can't watch over and over and over. I don't know why or what that is. I, I, I need to maybe research that. I'm curious what that is, how you can really love a movie. Like you can really love a movie once. And then after that, it's, it's not a repeatable movie. Uh, some movies are just repeatable. Uh, like Shawshank Redemption, that for whatever reason, that's just a re for me. It's a repeatable movie. I could watch that movie. It, same with a lot of the Christmas movies too, like Elf and uh, Santa Claus and The Christmas Vacation, uh, Family Man with Nicolas Cage. I really like that movie. Uh, some movies, yeah. I don't. I'm not sure what that is. That's actually I haven't really thought about that until like right this second. What what makes a movie? Uh, rewatchable, you know, that you can just watch it over and over and over. So for me, just because I mentioned it already and said, I would tell you my favorite romantic movies. And I may have already mentioned this in another episode, just because I, I'm just, I love romantic movies so much. Probably my, my top three, top three, which again, to me means I can watch them over and over top three, probably my number one. And I say that literally next week, it could change. But my number one favorite romantic movie is Serendipity uh, with Kate uh, Beckin. What's her name? Beckin? Beckinsale? Beckin? Whatever. She's a cutie pie. Um, and Kozak. Uh, I can't think of his, his name right off the top of my head. Anyway, uh, that's probably my all-time favorite romantic movie. The second one is Sabrina with um, uh, Fairchild. Can't think of her. Her, uh, yeah, I can't think of her name either. And then the co-star guy. So, but the newer one with the Harrison Ford, the one with Harrison Ford. So there's an old Sabrina that I think it's a 1940s or 1950s version, which is also good, but. Uh, I like the Harrison Ford one better. Uh, and then also I really love the um, just like heaven, just like heaven with uh, Reese Witherspoon and the dude that plays uh, the incredible Hulk in the Marvel series. Um, I'm not good with, I'm not good with names really. I'm, I'm good with faces, but not names. And that's, true for me in, in real life too. Like with people, I can remember a face. If I ever see your face, I'll never forget your face. Never might forget your name, but I won't forget your face. Uh, anyway, so love, yeah. Love is a curious thing. Um, like I said, I, I, I I'm in this industry of weddings and, and date coaching and relationship coaching and you know, having spent uh, 25 years uh, in, a, in a very loving relationship, um, 
you know, now, now divorced, but, um, yeah, you know, so to, to have love and then to, to lose love, you know, to have your heart full and then to have your heart broken and then, you know, to, to recover and to recoup from that and to, you know, to get back out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, it's weird. It's a fascinating experience. You know, for me, I'd, I'd always, I had always been on the other side of that equation, you know, dealing with people that have gone through divorce and seeing them date and then seeing them go through the rigmarole wars of, of, thinking they found someone and then it doesn't work out and you know, they're fa their Facebook official and then they're broken up and then their Facebook official with someone else. <laughs> and, uh, which that's something that I, uh, I will not do. Um, I, I will not, uh, not, not until I think this, not, not until literally it's someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Will they be Facebook official? <laughs> I've been, um, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, obviously I've dated people, uh, throughout after my divorce, you know, I've, I've gone on dates and, you know, had little relationships here and there and met some really wonderful people, some really wonderful people. Um, but no, I, I've not that there ain't, there ain't no way anybody's going to get Facebook official until, until I know that I know that I know. So I'm always so surprised when I, when I see that and, and I promise, please don't take this personal girls, but it seems like a lot of that, uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's cause women are a little bit, um, more, you know, trusting and more vulnerable. I don't know. Uh, but it seems like it, that's at least my experience. Okay. So please don't get mad at me here, but this has just been my experience. Like what I've personally witnessed a lot of my female friends, it seems like they get super like Facebook official pretty quick. Like they'll meet someone and a month later, man, they're Facebook official. And this is my boyfriend. We're in love. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, two months later it's over. <laughs> so, you know, because of that, I, and I would say I'm a super emotional guy too, uh, for sure. Matter of fact, I mean, just to be frank with you, there's been, a, I sometimes feel more emotional than many of the, the women that I meet, but anyway, um, <laughs> but even that, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting Facebook official with anybody, nor do I really want to, not until I know, like really know, uh, would I even want to be 100% exclusive, you know, out in the public, holding hands with someone and doing all that until until I really knew for a lot of reasons, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, there, yeah, there's, that's, that, that's a whole personal discussion really that I don't know if I even care to have, but um, for me, I really want to get to know somebody and, and I want to spend time with them uh, before we're, you know, walking out in public, holding hands and kissing each other. Uh, to me, that's, I don't know that, I don't think I have an issue with PDA. Like I'm, I'm not really, I don't care about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's something I need to think about that, what that is within me that, uh, cause I've, I've, you know, um, yeah, anyway, I don't want to get into that. So let's talk about you. <laughs> I'll just talk about you. Uh, love. Are you, are you currently in love? 
you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're, I don't know how many married uh, people listen to my podcast, but I would say this. Let me just say a couple things about that. If you are married, uh, let me just say, and let me just, from experience, let me tell you that don't even consider divorce until you've exhausted every, every avenue to, to work out your marriage. Um, I mean, exhaust every avenue. Like if you need to be separated for six months, if you need to move out and do your own life for a little bit to, to really explore that, like I really, 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 and definitely go to counseling people that get divorced without going to counseling. And, and I, I'm sorry if this is you, I, I do apologize. I, I'm not trying to judge you uh, because I don't, I don't know you personally. I don't think, um, I'm just making a general statement of what I believe. And so, you know, if this is you like, you know, take it for what it is, but it's just how I personally feel. And that is that when people get divorced and haven't gone to counseling, um, I just don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't, um, there's, there's always exceptions to every rule. Meaning, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, well, forget counseling, just leave. I mean, I get it. So, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule, but what's the rule? Here's my rule that I have. Uh, Don't ever get divorced until you've sought uh, help from outside sources, a counselor, a coach, therapist, whatever, like, I just don't get that. Even, even when there's been, uh, you know, if there's been an affair, there's been a a breach of trust, like whatever, like, I don't care what, what has happened to, to, um, derail the relationship. Uh, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your partner. You owe it to your kids. If you have them to, uh, at least explore the possibility of reconciliation and making it work out. Now, once you've done that, and if it's not reconcilable or you feel like it's definitely not reconcilable right now, let's just walk away and, and you know, whatever the universe wants to do later can do later. But right now we need to go our separate ways, whatever. I mean, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, as they say, right? There's a lot of ways to skin the cat, though. I do feel that it's critically important that, um, not just for honestly. So here's what I think about counseling. Counseling isn't just to help you reconcile or mend the relationship. Sometimes the counseling therapist uh, coaching can simply help you better navigate the breakup or the divorce. I know that's how it worked for me. Um, I ended up doing, uh, well, I ended up doing a year of counseling, but you know, now, cause whatever, but I think I did about eight months of, of counseling and I still go, I still go about once a month just to check in and, you know, just, just for maintenance, you know, just to kind of check in, share my thoughts, you know, even though I'm doing good. Um, but that's, isn't that the famous last words, <laughs> right? I was doing good. <laughs> I mean, the, the, it's just like your car, right? It's something that you, I get my oil changed every, you know, three to 5,000 miles. Um, you don't think, man, my car's running fine. I haven't had the oil changed in 10,000 miles and it's doing great. Everything's great. 
right? That's just the famous last word. So uh, I've, I've always encouraged people to, to do some kind of maintenance counseling. I, I encourage the couples that I marry. In fact, you know, the couples that I uh, perform, uh, um, when I perform their wedding, I, I tell them, Hey, listen, you know, it doesn't have to be with me. I mean, whoever, uh, find some counselor or some therapist, some coach or whatever. And once a year, check in with them and, and just do a maintenance. I think that's really important anyway. So love, uh, maybe you're, maybe you're married and in love. And if so, that's wonderful. It's awesome. I still am a big fan of, of love and marriage. Um, that for me going through a divorce didn't, uh, actually, you know, it didn't, it didn't, um, derail my, my love for love. I I've, I've always been real into to love and romance and romantic things. And, and I, people have asked me for whatever reason lately, do you think you ever get remarried? And uh, I said, well, absolutely. At some point, I, I, I will. Obviously, if I meet the right person, I don't, I'm not going to get married unless it's the right person. Um, but I also have, you know, I have faith and I will, I will meet that special someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with. I, I totally believe that. And even in, in the face of, and I think the reason people ask that is, you know, when you, obviously my, my first marriage, I thought that was forever. Um, and, uh, had all intentions of that being forever. Um, you know, and then life happens and, and things don't, uh, go as planned. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, it's like I'm preaching to the choir. I can just hear everyone out there. Many of you, even those of you that are in a really great marriage now had maybe been married before. I mean, I do a lot of marriages, a lot of weddings, uh, for second, um, Second, I don't know if I've ever done a third, like where people have been married two or three times. Usually those people just do like a little court wedding, but, um, yeah, I've done a lot of, a lot of weddings for people that, that, uh, you know, they're on their second marriage. And of course I've met a lot of people that have had a second or third marriage and, you know, third time was a charm or second time was the, the best or, or the, you know, some that are still married to their first and it's the best. So, I mean, there's all kinds, it, there's not just one way to, to live a happy, fulfilled, loving life. And so if you are, if you're listening to this and you're divorced, there's still hope just because you've been divorced, you're not damaged goods. Of course, are you, have you, are you, did you get damaged in the sense of, are you repairing that? Well, of course. I mean, I, I don't think you could, I don't think you can even get divorced without there being some, <laughs> some damage there. I mean, I, I think that's expected, you know, to go through a divorce, you, you must take time to reflect and repair and to self care and, and all that, you know, be kind to yourself and, but maintain that belief, you know, the love, love is a curious thing, man. Love is a curious thing. And, and I, it, it almost feels sometimes the more you pursue it and want it, the more it eludes you. And, uh, I think something that I've encouraged people, and this is, again, I'm single now. So, I mean, I'm encouraging myself in this way too, is to, to not be in a hurry. And to understand and realize that the most important
important piece of ever being in love again or loving someone again is to love yourself. Like that's, that's, that's the only way you're going to be in an absolutely wonderful relationship. And that's to love yourself. And, you know, it goes back to that ancient scripture. Um, love, love the Lord, your God, you know, whether you believe in God or not, the universe, whatever, but love, love the super higher power, whatever it is, you know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we often talk about loving God, loving others, loving ourselves. I, I honestly believe um, that it, I, I believe in that, that particular uh, verse, but I believe that it, that it only works if, if it's done in reverse. I don't think that that was mentioned in the order of how it should be. I mean, in the sense of, you know, sometimes you can say this, this, and this is important, not necessarily in that order, right? We've people say that. And I think it's the same thing with that verse. I don't, I don't, um, I, I think it needs to be love yourself, love others, um, which then is, is how we do love God. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm really, um, yeah. And I could, man, I could, I would debate anybody on this. I, I like, cause I feel very passionate about this, that, that, you know, people talk about, they talk about love or they talk about their beliefs uh, and their love for God, but their, their actions and their lifestyle have do not align with that at all. And so for me, it, it is in the, it is reversed. I can't love anyone else or even love God if I don't love myself. So the number one, most important thing is to love yourself. And, you know, if you want to get like all biblical about it, you know, the, we've been created in God's image. And so to love ourselves is to love God because we're God's creation. And the greatest way that we can express our love to God is to love ourselves and love others. So anyway, that's, you know, that's just my, when I really think about that from a philosophical and a psychological um, way, you can't, you can't love anyone if you don't love yourself. You just can't. And so until we can fully love ourselves, we're no good to anyone and, and truly not expressing any kind of love towards God because the, the Bible also teaches that love is an action and so so on one hand words are cheap and words don't mean jack crap it's it's in the doing it's in the living it's how we live it's it's uh it's our lives so anyway um yeah that's that's just a little personal personal thing for me i'm I, you know being in being in the christian world all my life, um, you know, people, for whatever reason, seem to to hone in on and think it's so to elevate the importance of what you believe, what you believe, what you believe, what you believe. And I'm like, nah, that's all bullshit. It, that's that's part that's important. But what we believe, it, it's so objective and subjective. Like, w- what matters is how you treat people. It's 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 not just what you believe who gives a rat's ass what you believe? Um, it's what you do. It's how you behave. It's how you live. Um, 
that really expresses uh, where you are in your life. So anyway, um, so when it, when I think about love, gosh, I mean, is love out? You know, do I believe that love is? Do I believe that there are there's a someone to love for everybody out there? I do. I really do. I, I believe that there's a, a match, so to speak. And I don't mean like the one, I don't mean, I don't believe in soulmates, but I, I believe that there's a match for someone out there. And I will say this. So here's, here's something else to consider. Like, but what if my match is in, you know, in China or in like Paraguay or like <laughs> Guyana? I mean, what if my, my, perfect matches in Haiti and I live, you know, in America. Uh, well, I love will find a way, I guess is one thing I would say, but also I don't, I don't, that makes it so complicated. I think, you know, your match, if you will. And again, I'm not saying a soulmate match. I just mean someone that would be a good fit for you, uh, is, a, is accessible to you. Okay. <laughs> They're not in Timbuktu. And you'll just have to dream and wish that you could have been with that person that lives clear across the world. I, I, I think that's, I think that's like, no, I don't, I don't subscribe to that either. I think that your, your match or someone that you could match with, because I believe that we can match with a lot of people, you know, people, this is something I, again, I get into this discussion with people all the time, just because I'm in, I'm in this world, you know, they always ask me about, do you believe in soulmates? Do you think there's only one match out there? Do you, no, I think there's a lot of matches out there. I, I really do. I don't, um, yeah, I don't think there's like one other person walking around on the planet. That's like your perfect match. Um, I think there are many people that, that you could be with and you just, when you meet someone that's a good fit, you just choose them. That's what it is. It's, it gets down to just choice. Now, granted, you can be with someone and, and you have, and it's like, you have to really work hard choosing them. Meaning like, you're just not a good fit. You know, you're just not happy and there's nothing that you can do to, to make yourself happy with someone. Does that make sense? In other words, and it doesn't, I don't mean, I'm not talking like the relationship is toxic and they're abusive and it's a, uh, um, a bad thing. Sometimes you could just be with someone that's just like, I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know, like this person just doesn't do it for me or they kind of do it for me, but not really. I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not talking about marriage. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother topic. Um, that I'm not really talking about today. I'm talking about really, I guess I'm kind of leaning towards, because if you're, if you're married, my thing is you turn towards each other, do everything, everything, every day, all the time to make it work out. And if it can't work out, if, you know, if you just, if it's just like, you're clearly just not with the right person for you, um, then, you know, do whatever you got to do to get to, a place of happiness. Um, you know, I've heard many people say this, but I'd rather be single and, and happy than, than married and unhappy. Um, but I believe happiness is, is truly a choice. And I think sometimes people are in happy, unhappy marriages because they're just unhappy 
And it's not that the marriage is unhappy or it's not that the person that they're with isn't a good fit. It's just that they're not happy. And so, you know, they're going to jump out of a marriage and then jump into some other kind of relationship and be like, they're not making me happy either. And then they jump to someone else and they're not making me happy either. And then they jump to someone else. They're not making me happy either. And, and I would say, maybe you should look in the mirror, right? May just maybe it's you, right? You're the common denominator. You're in every relationship that you're in. <laughs> so anyway, I think sometimes people aren't self-aware and very honest with themselves, but you know, I, I do know, you know, so there are exceptions to every rule. Okay. And my, my papa, my grandpa is one of those stories that doesn't make sense and his story. And I won't get into the whole story, but, um, my papa, who's now since passed, uh, left a 20 year marriage. My grandma ran off with another woman and she was a lot younger uh, like a lot younger than he was, um, married her and spent nearly the next 40 years with this woman. And, um, she's, you know, of course I call her grandma now, both my papa and my original grandma, my biological grandparents have, have passed. Um, but the quote unquote, you know, the woman he ran off with, you know, became a part of the family and, and, you know, I love her. She's a wonderful woman. We're still, you know, obviously still family today. So that's a story that doesn't make sense. Normally it doesn't work out that way. Normally if you jump ship out of one marriage and run off with someone else, it, it usually like statistically, uh, doesn't, doesn't last more than five years. Um, so, you know, there are exceptions to every rule. Um, so, you know, clearly, yes, you know, if you truly are in a bad match, well, yes, if you've gone to counseling, if you've done everything, everything in your power to make it work out and it still doesn't work out, then yeah, maybe there would be a better fit out there for you. But, uh, you know, who I'm kind of talking to right now are those of you that maybe are like me, you know, you, you were married or you're single and never been married and you're at some point would like to be with somebody. Um, gosh, I mean, uh, I think the key, I think hands down the most important piece of being in a happy, healthy, meaningful, fulfilling relationship, loving relationship. It starts with loving yourself. That's, that's, that's where it starts. If you can't be happy, I think I really believe this to be true. If you can't be happy alone, I don't think you can be happy with somebody. If you think you need to be with someone to be happy, um, that's just unhealthy. I just don't think that can work long term. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I can from personal. I can tell you this. And we're going to go to a commercial break here in a second. And I'm just being. I'm going to be very vulnerable here. I like being in a relationship. I do. I like. Being, I loved being married. I really did. I loved being married. And now I'm single and I love being single. And I don't, I don't know if I, I, I'm trying to think, do I long to be married again? I'm not sure where I'm at on that exactly, but do I desire to be married again? Yes, of course. Uh, yes, I would love 
to, to meet, cause I love giving love. I'm a giver. That's just my personality. I'm just, I've always been this way. I love to give. I love writing letters. I love, I love to love and duh, who doesn't love to be loved. All right. We're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be right back to talk more about love. All right, we're back. Let's finish up the talk today on love. And I'll be honest, I've been, um, this has been, I've been recording this over the last couple of days. <laughs> you know, how this, how this works is, I, you know, I record something and then typically I'll do it all within the same morning, you know, I'll come in and get my coffee and I'll sit down and then boom. And then sometimes, you know, I'll get phone calls. I'll, uh, you know, my kids will call or all of a sudden I've, you know, messed around enough that like, Oh crap. Now I got to get jump in the shower and get ready for the day. And, um, sorry, I sound a little nasally right now. I'm, I don't know why, but, uh, anyway, um, so, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world. So this particular uh, episode, I've literally, I started it several days ago, and I'm not even sure if I'm going to include the first, uh, the first day, <laughs> the first recording. <laughs> oh my Lord. Yeah. You know, I've just like this weekend, I've got six weddings. So I'm, I'm just kind of, catching myself as I'm coming and going here. And, uh, but I realized I looked at my, my list and I was like, Oh shoot. Like I started this recording and I didn't totally finish it. And then it's been a, a, almost a week. I want to make sure I at least get something down every week. <sighs> so what I think I'm learning about myself is I love doing interviews. That's what I love. And I've been, I don't know what episode I'm on now, close to 40. And I like a conversation. That's really what I enjoy doing. So if you're listening and have an interesting story, email me. <laughs> Let's talk. I'll, I'll interview you. Um, what's my email? Timmy at TimmyGibson.com. Uh Oh my goodness. Yeah. So gosh, I am so sorry. I just, uh, I guess this is a labor of, of love and commitment because I'm, I'm really, to be honest with you, I'm just not feeling it right now. Like I've, I've got to get prepared for four weddings today. And, uh, and I just woke up, I'm drinking my coffee and, and yeah, on my mind, just kind of like all over the place of what I got to do today. And I'm not, I'm not able to really focus in and just kind of sit back and sit in and just kind of, you know, like just sit back and relax and, and lay down a, a podcast. I would rather be having a conversation with someone about love um, and, you know, their experience with love and all that kind of stuff. That's, that seems to be kind of my sweet spot. I feel like, I feel like I'm a good, I feel like I interview well. Or, you know, I, I, I like to interview people and I feel like I do good on interviews too, but yeah, I just like having conversations and I try to do this podcast. Like I'm having a conversation with you. The problem is you're not 
you're not talking <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so let me just, I guess, let me, let me just get a few final thoughts out here and, and maybe I'll just post this as is. And uh, it'll be a, a smorgasbord of me yawning and sounding nasally and kind of all over the place. Um, okay, so final thoughts. Here we go. If you're single, there's hope. Okay, there's hope. There's someone out there for you. Love is love is out there. Uh, but the main thing that you need to be concerned with is self-love, self-care. Once you love yourself, once you're okay being alone, then you're truly okay to be with someone else. That's really, I could literally just delete everything and just put that right there on the podcast. And that would be valuable. Uh, so that's, that's the bottom, bottom line. I think for, you know, for those that are single, for those that are married, um, you know, do the hard work, turn towards each other, work hard. Uh, be open and honest, be vulnerable, uh, seek help, assistance if you need it, you know, talk to somebody, a therapist, a coach, um, you know, pour your heart out. Like, just like be really, 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 really honest with what you feel and what you think. And, um, I, I think that's, uh, part of the challenge I think that people f struggle with in marriage is they feel like they can't be totally honest um, and honest about everything. Like literally, like if it, for example, if you're married and you're contemplating stepping out, let's just say like, like you're, you're struggling with maybe you've met someone at work and they seem really nice and you're having these feelings. Maybe there's that. Uh, maybe you're just feeling restless and maybe you're just feeling, you know, naughty. Maybe you're feeling, uh, perverted. Maybe you're feeling, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's so many things that go on in a, in a person's life and in their heart and in their soul. And we don't feel safe to share, you know, we, I, I mean, what, I don't know too many marriages where the wife could go to the husband or vice versa. The husband could go to the wife and go, I, I'm really feeling like having an affair. Like I really am wanting to have sex with other people, but I know that you wouldn't be okay with that, but I don't know what to do with it. Like there's not very many marriages where you could actually say that. And I'm talking about a monogamous marriage, not a, if you're in a polygamous or a polyamorous or whatever they call that. Again, I'm not, no judgment to each his own, whatever works. But for the, for the majority of those probably listening, uh, I would say if you are married, you're in a monogamous relationship, you know, how would you feel if your partner came to you and said, I'm just really struggling. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I've just, I want to sow my seeds, you know, or I just want to explore or whatever. Like, what do you do with that? Right? Well, at first <laughs> don't drop that bomb. <laughs> you should probably go to a, talk to a counselor alone first, a good counselor and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Cause I still love my partner. I still love my spouse, but man, I'm sure feeling like doing something wild here or wrong, whatever. Talk that stuff out, you know? So I don't know. I, I really don't know, uh, except that honesty is always the best policy. One of the things I've learned since my divorce is I'm, I'm honest. When I meet someone, I am 100% uh, just 
not, not, like I tell my intentions. <laughs> I'm very upfront with my intentions. Uh, I'm very upfront with whatever. I just feel like honesty. Well, I know that honesty is the best policy. Obviously, I mean, there's got to be trust there. There's, you know, you got to know someone. You don't just drop a bomb on someone right off the bat. Hey, nice to meet you. I know it's our first coffee, but blah, uh, there's a time and a place, of course. Uh, but again, going back to those, if you're married, um, open and honest conversations are always best. Uh, but before you go dropping any kind of weird bomb that would be out of left field, obviously, I would cons- I would encourage you to, I would implore you to go talk to a counselor and just say, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling this way. And I don't, I don't know why I don't know what, I don't know what's going on because, you know, for guys and girls, right. Guys can go through midlife crisis which causes men to do crazy stuff, right. Go buy the red Corvette, go buy the motorcycle and run off with a 20 year old blonde girl. Uh, I mean that, that sounds so stereotypical and we kind of snicker at that, but you know, I'm a 51 year old dude, uh, experienced a midlife crisis, um, couple years ago and holy shit it's it's real it's something it's crazy it's uh it's something that i i look back on and go what the fuck was in my head um it's just i just can't even tell you right and then not only that you you compound that kind of an issue with midlife crisis with um life meaning uh, career issues, uh, probably death of grandparents or parents and things that go on in people's lives. You know, the, the, what they say about life is the first half of life brings you things, right? Marriage, grandkids, or, you know, kids, grandkids, um, new career raises and bonuses. And like, you know, the first half of your life brings you stuff. And then the second half of life, uh, can sometimes, well, not sometimes always, uh, takes things from you. Right. So then you know, the first half of your life, it's bringing you things. The second half of life, it's, it's, it's loss. It's, it's, and I'm not trying to be gloom and doom. It's just true. Right. I mean, parents don't live forever. Grandparents don't live forever. People don't live forever. So obviously the second hand, the second part of your life is going to be, um, there's going to, you're going to experience some loss. And that's, again, that's not being doom and gloom. It's just, it's just, it's just a fact. I mean, that's just the way life is. And so how you handle those things and how you deal with those things make a big difference. So, you know, midlife crisis can be compounded by external um, issues. Um, And that's not an excuse. Okay, let me just be real clear. That's not an excuse for bad behavior. That's not an excuse for stupid behavior for sure. But it gives you context, right? It does help you understand. It's the same thing with women that go through menopause. You know, no judgment. It's not that it's bad, but it does help explain erratic behavior or crazy behavior or over emotional behavior or erratic behavior, bipolar behavior. Like it, it helps you kind of understand, you know, rather than judging someone and, and be like, they're just a crazy whatever. Like, I mean, you know, maybe they're going through the change. Maybe they're going through menopause. Maybe they're, you know, you just can't explain it. It's the same thing with like, some women, not all women, but some women, I think in their late thirties, early forties experience, you know, a, a, their sex drive just goes through the roof. You know, they just like, all of a sudden they're the ones that is wanting se- They're the ones wanting sex all the time. Uh, you know, it just is what it is. Like, you know, you, it, uh, like, I mean, you can't explain it. You don't know what the hell that is. It's something that just happens. 
And so, you know, it's, it's, it's an odd thing, right? I mean, if, if there is a God one day, I'd like to ask him what, like, what, what the hell was up with that? How we were made so different. Like, why in the hell would you have made males and females, you know, just as, you know, when the, when the man is super horny, the woman is moderately horny. And then whenever the man starts to taper off and level off a little bit later in life, what the hell is this all about? The women then get super horny. It's, it's a very fascinating thing. Very fascinating. Life is very fascinating. You know, like I said, if there is a God, I have a lot of questions for him about why shit is the way it is. Uh, but that's just it, right? It is. And so part of enjoying life is just accepting what is and dealing with what you can and whatever. So, okay. So I've rambled so much all over the place. I don't even know if this podcast, this particular episode is going to make any sense at all, but I go back to my original thing that the number one, most important thing, if you're out there, cause this one was about love. If you're out there and you're married, um, do everything you can to make your marriage outstanding, do everything in your power to make it great. And I might actually upload so maybe, so the very first recording I did several days ago, I may actually put it after this one. So following this right here, what you're hearing me say, I'm going to throw in this other little rambling I did a few days ago about love. Maybe it'll be something worth listening to. If not, you can just skip it. <laughs> um, so that's it. So if you're married, work it out. Uh, do everything you can to make it, make it awesome. Work, 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 work. If you have gone through a divorce, um, do the inner work, work hard on yourself. Do literally do everything. This is all about love because this is love for yourself, right? Self-care. Do everything you can to, to get yourself in a healthy whole place and, um, enjoy the journey. You know, I, I truly believe that love is out there. I, you know, for me, I can't talk for you. I, I mean, I, I can hopefully encourage you to believe that there's love out there for you. Um, but that's something that you must believe. And, you know, I know for me, yes, I will be married, married again someday. I will, I will, you know, love is there. Love is there, right? It just, it takes time. Um, yeah, just, it takes time. It just takes time meeting the right person, connecting and, um, yeah, it, it'll happen. So it'll happen for you. It'll happen for me. Uh, for sure, just be patient and, and just be okay with it. Like I said, you got to be okay with being single. Got to be okay with being alone. Got to be okay with yourself before you could ever be okay with someone else. I just, I really believe that. I really believe that to be true. All right. So I'm going to stop, but I'm going to go ahead and post after this. So I'm ending this because I'm ending today's recordings, but I'm going to go ahead and tag on the recording I did a couple days ago. And it'll be a repeat, a little bit of some of the stuff I've said, I'm sure. Um, but maybe it'll be of interest to you. All right, guys, have a fabulous day. Thanks again for joining me for my ramblings. I hope that uh, love soon um, comes your way. But it is with you right now when and only when you love yourself first. Peace. <laughs> Well, hello, everybody. It's Timmy Gibson here for the Timmy Gibson Show. Welcome. <laughs> Glad you're here today. Uh, talking about love. So, yeah, 
that's it. I don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> Love is a curious thing. You know, I have been thinking about love lately uh, for a lot of reasons. One, I'm in, I'm in the love business, like this particular weekend that is coming up. I've got six weddings. So lots of love, lots of love going around. And, you know, and I also work uh, here in Kansas City as a date coach. And so I, I work with a lot of um, single people who are in search of love. I work as a relationship coach. So I work with a lot of people who are struggling with love. And myself, uh, having been uh, married for 25 years and now single, now divorced, and also, um, I don't know if I would say I'm looking for love. I'm open to love. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you know, that's a curious thing, which was, which may, might be why it's on my mind. Um, I think sometimes love, you find love when you least expect it. And I know people hate hearing that, but it's, it's almost that elusive thing that the harder you look for it, like, it seems like it's the, the carrot out in front of the, the horse, you know, it's a little elusive. I think when you're just in enveloped with, I want to find somebody, I don't want to be alone. <laughs> and then, uh, when you're you least expect it, when you're not looking for it, it, it appears. I'm not I'm not sure what that is. I don't know if the, uh, honestly I don't even know if that's actually accurate. If that's actually how it goes, it it it, it seems to be a thing. I know that the most important piece in because there's lots of love, right? There's love for your kids, love for your you know partner, love for your family, love for your parents, love for your you know grandkids, love for your friends. Love for your pets, love for your job. I mean, you're right. There's all kinds of love. And I think when we do think of love, though, we, we typically think of love in the context of loving someone and spending your life with someone. And, you know, we all love the, what, the rom-coms, the, the romantics, the romantic comedies or just the romantic movies. You know, the, the notebook and the P.S. I love you. Uh, my personal favorite is serendipity is probably, probably serendipity is my favorite romantic movie. Uh, and when I say favorite, I'm a movie fan. So I love movies, especially romantic movies. Uh, but when I say favorite, it's for me, like the, the qualification for that is a movie that I can watch over and over and over. And there's really two, there's really two movies for me, romantic movies that I literally could watch. I could almost watch them every weekend. There's actually several. One is Serendipity. The other is Sabrina. The other one is Just Like Heaven. And then Age of Adeline. And The Time Traveler's Wife. That was a good one, too. Anyway, there I could literally go on. I could do an episode just about romantic movies. But I won't. But thinking about love, I mean, I think this is something that that's on all of our minds. Uh, 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 
I was going to say all the time. I don't know about all the time, but I mean, it's something that's on our minds a lot. And can I just say, I'm, I'm, I'm looking out my window, um, of, of where I live. Hang on here. And the view is just so pretty because the changes, the, you know, the changing of the colors of the leaves, like, Oh, the view that I have is just so beautiful because there's so many trees and they're starting to change and the sun's coming up right now. It's just unbelievable. It's just kind of breathtaking. I love it. (laughs) I absolutely love it. Um, But I, yeah, I think love is on our minds a lot. And, And if you're listening to me and you're, you're single, you know, you're, um, possibly, looking for love or considering love or open to love. If you're married, you're in love, um, hopefully. Um, and, and your you know, your heart is full. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, because I do a lot of relationship coaching, I was coaching someone the other day or working with someone the other day and they're, they're struggling, been married, like 15 years, I think is what they said, you know, married 15 years. And, and, you know, uh, here's my, here's kind of my thoughts on, on marriage. Number one, most important priority is if you are married to do everything in your power to make that work. I think people make the mistake often too often of jumping out of uh, a marriage that they they think something else would be better. And so and that's how we do it, right? Isn't it isn't it how we that life would be better than my life. And we get in that in that I I would call it a, a toxic mode, but we get in that there's got to be a word for that, but it's that whole grass is greener on the other side. You know, we, we start to look at over there would be better than what it is here. You know, if I lived over there, it would be better. Or if I had her, or if I had him, you know, life would be better. And the reality is that's, not true. Totally. Okay. So let's be very honest here. Okay. Is that true? I think statistically probably not true. Meaning you just need to take care of what's right in your own backyard before you go thinking you're going to jump over into someone else's backyard. I think to statistically that, that would ring true. There are always those you know, stories that don't make sense. I mean, there are those stories that don't make sense. And, and I've heard those stories, um, that I've seen that story play out, you know, but it's, that's, that's the exception, not the rule. That's the exception, not the rule. And not to say that, you know, if, if you've, gotten out of a marriage that you're doomed and you should have stayed. And I'm not saying that either. You know, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to be as real and honest as possible. I, I'm still a fan of marriage. I still love marriage. I still think marriage is a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm still a believer in, in all of that. You know, I'm not, I'm not bitter, even though I'm 
I'm divorced. I'm not bitter. Uh, I'm not jaded. Um, thankfully, um, and people ask me all the time, do you think you'll ever get married again? I'm like, well, well, I mean, of course, if I meet the right person, I won't until then though. <laughs> I can tell you that for dang sure. Like I'm not, I'm not, I, cause I'm happy being single, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm really happy being single. And you say, oh, as you, you, you sound like you're more happy being single than you were married. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that for me to even consider getting married, it would have to be, um, you know, some kind of crazy love for sure. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't, and this is important. I'm not just reflecting on myself because you need to consider this for your own self too. I'm okay to be alone. Now, do I want to find, of course, of course, if I could, if I can have anything I want, which I can, just like you can, we can have anything we want. You can have it. You can have whatever you want, obviously within reason. And so, yes, I, I will be married again at some point in my life. Um, but I will not get married just because I don't want to be alone and I won't get married just because of convenience. Um, there's no way, there's no way I'm doing that. Um, for a lot of reasons, for, for all the same reasons that you would hopefully do the same thing. Hopefully that, you know, if you, if you, if, if you're married, do everything you can to make your marriage work. That's, that's where the gold is. Don't think that something else is better across the street. Probably not. It had, right. Like I said, there's exceptions to the rule. If you're in a poor marriage, yes, there possibly could be someone else. That's a better fit for you, but you're, but you're surely lying to yourself, um, on some things regardless. And so my, my counsel to couples always is do exhaust all possibilities before you would even consider divorce exhaust all possibilities and make sure that you are 100% certain of, of what, of what you want to do moving forward. And, you know, like, like in my situation or like other people's situation, you know, once you then become divorced, then, then that's a whole new realm. You know, I'm in a whole, I'm in a whole, it's like, I have a whole new life and, and I'm, Again, I, I'm not trying to like a whole new life. Like it's way better. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is had a great marriage for 25 years until it, it wasn't. And then um, now I'm single. I'm working on myself. I'm focused on myself and I'm working on myself and doing everything I can to get myself in a place that I would even be capable of loving someone. And the key to that is being able to love yourself, love myself. So when people need someone to be happy or need someone to complete them, that's just so dangerous. That's such, that's such a dangerous place to be. So, you know, when I think about love, the most important part of being in a loving relationship is you must love yourself. You must really love yourself. And only then 
can you truly love someone else? That's what I've learned um, in the last year and a half for me personally is when you are okay to be alone and when you can love yourself completely and wholly, uh, then you, your heart is, is ready to, to love someone else. But until then you definitely want to, you just want to work on yourself and, and get, yeah, like I, I've met, I think I mentioned this in another episode about something. I don't even know what I was talking about, but I, I, I believe with all my heart that it's when you are okay to be alone and you're content and you're happy with just yourself. That's the sweet spot. Like that's when, that's when you're in a good place. And I think that's when love will soon appear. I, I think, yes. Can we make things happen? Yes. Can we settle? Yes. Can we, of course. I mean, you hear that all the time. We've all heard those stories. We've, we've all heard those stories. I didn't think there was anybody, anybody else, you know, it was, I didn't want to be alone. I mean, we've all heard those stories. Typically those don't work out. Those, those typically don't work out if you, if you marry for the wrong reasons. So, you know, you want to make sure it's for the right reasons. But like I said, if you are married right now, then you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your partner and you owe it. If you have kids, you owe it to your kids. Do everything. I mean, exhaust every possibility before you'd make a decision to walk away. And once that decision has been made, and if that's, if you've, whatever the decision is, then you do it with grace. You do it with kindness. You do it with love. You do it with respect. You do it with honor and don't, and don't get bitter. Don't stay, stay, stay sweet. <laughs> don't get bitter. That, that will not, that will not help you. And anyway, so yeah, love, gosh, why is love elusive? Love is a, love is a curious thing because uh, trying to get two people uh, back to the story I started to tell. And then I went all over the place. You know, I coached a, a couple recently been married about 15 years and they're just really struggling. You know, they, they feel, they feel like uh, each has grown uh, differently and you know, the, the grew apart kind of thing. Like they feel like over 15 years and kids and this and that and career and, everything that their lives have kind of gone a little bit of a little bit of a different path. You know, um, he would say she's changed. She would say he's changed and, and, and not towards each other, but away from each other. And I said, yeah, I mean, that's to grow together is very intentional. And part of the challenge in any relationship is that growing together part because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of commitment, takes a lot of sacrifice. And if you're unwilling, some people don't, it's, it's like, um, 
they want the reward, but the work that it takes to get that reward, they're not willing to do it. In other words, I think everybody wants a nice lawn. I, I mean, I think if you asked anybody, anybody that owns a house, they would like their lawn to look good. I, don't, I, I can't imagine anybody would be like, nope, I want it to look terrible. <laughs> but anyway, I would think, you know, most any person that owns a house would like their lawn to look good. Now, okay, so that's everybody. Does everybody's lawn look good? No, right? No, the answer to that is no. Why? Well, they're not willing to do the work. They're not willing to put in the work. In other words, the, I want my lawn to look nice, but I don't want to have to do the work to make it look nice. Now, if you are a person of resources, then you just hire that out. You just hire someone to make it look good. I have a friend that does that. He, he, he hates lawn work. And so he just, you know, pays the X amount per month year round to have his lawn taken care of. So he doesn't have to mess with it. Um, but, let's say you don't have those kind of resources. You, you don't have an extra 80 bucks a month or 150, whatever dollars a month to have someone take care of your lawn and do all the services and weed and feed and aerate and all the other stuff. Then, then what do you do? Right. If you don't, if you can't have a personal gardener, what do you do? Well, then you have to do it, but if you don't do it, it ain't going to get done and your lawn's going to look bad, right? I think relationships are much the same. I think we all would like a happy, healthy relationship. But then we look at what we would have to do because that's one thing you can't farm out. You know, you, you can't farm out um, your relationship. In fact, when people think they can farm it out with money, meaning I'll just buy a bunch of gifts. I'll lavish them with gifts that that doesn't create a happy, happy home. I actually I, I'm coaching a couple right now, super wealthy. He's, he is, has this big company, super wealthy and, you know, bought the big house, bought the Mercedes, bought her, whatever she wants. She can go on shopping sprees anytime she wants. And, you know, they, they confess to me that they're, they're miserable. They're not happy. She's not happy. And in her words, you know, he just tries to buy her happiness. Like here's, you know, just go shopping, make yourself happy. And, and that, and that doesn't do it. You know, that doesn't make anybody happy either. And I think, you know, we all know this money doesn't make you happy. We all know that. I, I think here's the, th the wild thing. Okay. That's true. Okay. Money does not buy happiness. Okay. You can't buy happiness. If you're happy, it can definitely make you a little more happy <laughs> um, because I've been broke and happy. And I've also had money and been happy when I had money and was happy. I was a little happier than just happy. You know what I mean? Cause it, there's that, and maybe it's not just happy. Maybe it's more of a security. You know, there's more of a, of, uh, there's this peace, I guess there's, I don't know, contentment or there's just, you know, when you know your needs are taken care of that, that's a big deal that I think it's an important piece, but money does not buy happiness. Money does not buy love either. Now money can buy companionship. Money can buy sex. Uh, money can buy, um, time with someone, but money uh, cannot 
buy love, right? It can, like I said, it can buy sex. It, it can buy companionship. It can buy a date. It can buy money. Can buy a lot of things, but money cannot buy love, nor can it buy happiness. So, where where do we find love? Man, I'm telling you, I go back to myself. I go back to myself. It's it's. I mean, not myself personally, but I mean, I go back to the self thing that I talked about happiness or I'm sorry, love. It starts with yourself. The first and most important person to love is the person looking in the mirror. Now for those that are Christian or those that are spiritual, right? You know, loving God, loving the universe, whatever that, that, yes, of course. I, 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 that to me, that's, that's an understood, that's an assumed, like I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, whatever. Um, but again, whatever your spiritual journey is, you know, again, if you're Christian, then obviously loving God is, is a, is a huge part of, of your life. And that's great. Um, if you're more spiritual, you know, it's about loving the universe or loving this earth or loving this planet, loving each other, whatever, loving yourself. But, you know, I, even, even with a Christian view, for those of you that have a, a hardcore Christian view, and I don't say that derogatory. I just mean like if you're, you know, if you're a, a real committed Christian, um, the the idea of, well, the, the famous, the famous verse, you know, love, love God, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love um, with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So, you know, it goes God, your neighbor and yourself. Honestly, I think um, that's awesome. Uh, but I, I would like, I would reverse that because you got to love yourself to be able to love your neighbor. And then by loving your neighbor, you are in fact loving yourself and loving God. But that's a whole nother teaching that that I'm not going to get into this morning or get into today on this episode. So I, I think that this, this love thing is, is so important. And, and also, you know, just to finish that thought and then I'll jump back to the other thought that I keep jumping away from, but it, the the concept of you know it, we were created in God's image, um, so we're created in God's image. So truly, by loving ourselves, we are loving God, and by loving other people, we are loving God. Right? Remember when Jesus said, "If if you're familiar with this, if you're not, you're going to know now." But I believe it was, I believe this is Jesus talking, but he was saying that, um, when I was hungry, you fed me when I was thirsty, you, you gave me something to drink when I was naked, you, you clothed me. Um, but what, what the reference is there is that when you, when you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So, so that whole concept of, of loving God Truly, I mean, even Jesus taught this, that to love God, how do we love God? Well, by loving ourselves and loving others. That's truly what, uh, how we do that. Matter of fact, and I've got to do a shout out. I don't even know who this person is. I literally don't, the guy didn't even give me his name. But my uh, ex-wife hit a curb yesterday in her car. And so it was kind of late at night. And so she called me. Uh, cause she was not too far from where I live and asked if I could help. And I said, absolutely. So I jumped in my car and got over there real quick. 
uh, about the time I got there, there was a, a guy that had just showed up and was uh, putting on the spare tire and, and, and uh, such a nice guy, such a nice guy. And, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated with stories. And I love talking to people. And so he was funny. He said, Hey, he goes, I'm not taking away something you need to do, right? Like, are you, do you feel like you want to do the tire change? Or are you okay with me going ahead and doing it? <laughs> and I was like, this guy doesn't know me very well. Uh, no, please go ahead and do it. <laughs> I mean, I've changed lots of tires in my life and obviously very capable. Uh, but I was happy to have someone else do it. <laughs> I actually hadn't, I didn't dress for the occasion either. I was like, oh shoot, I forgot my you know, the, my grubby clothes. Anyway, so this guy was super, I didn't even, he didn't even give me his name, but he, he, he was 39 years old. He lives here in Kansas city. He's a single father and he's retired. He's 39 and he's retired. He worked for golden and Sachs. I think that's what he said. Golden, gold, Goldman and Sachs. I need to look this company up and find out who this guy is. He's retired from them at 39. <laughs> and I was like, Good for you, buddy. Wow. Anyway, he drives around Kansas City once a week. He picks a night once a week, and he takes three hours of his time once a week, and he just drives around Kansas City looking for stranded drivers, and he helps them. That's what he does. I was just so, I was so touched by that. Once he was telling me his story, just, you know, his age, he was 39, he was, you know, he's retired, just a good Samaritan, just, just being a good Samaritan, just driving around, helping people when they need it. And, you know, I was super thankful. I was, I was grateful. Uh, anyway, I, why did I say that? Oh, because I, I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that, uh, about Christianity that has always, um, that has always bothered me, I guess, to say just lightly, that it's always kind of bothered me, is within Christianity, it's a lot of what you hear is about beliefs, 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 what you believe, what you believe, what you believe, what you believe. And I'm, I'm like, no, it's how you live. It's what you do. It, like, what you do, how you live will communicate your beliefs. You don't need to tell me what you believe. You can actually shut up with your beliefs. You just show me, right? And I actually heard a podcast the other day that referenced that a little bit about um, the difference between believing and, and being or believing and living. You know, so uh, uh, there's no doubt about it. One of the most frustrating, most frustrating uh, things for me is, is when someone's telling me about their beliefs, but their life does not reflect their beliefs. Um, that's, that's, I, I guess someone like just, they lose all credibility with me. They, I, I just have zero credibility for anybody that is always talking about beliefs, what they believe, you know, Bible interpretation and all that stuff, but yet their lives do not reflect their beliefs. And, and yeah, I just give zero credence to that conversation at all. 
anyway, so back to love, back to this, uh, this couple that I said was grown apart. And, and, and so, you know, they were asking me, how can we grow together? I, I said, well, let's, I said, let's, let's just talk really open and honestly here. I said, uh, you know, and I gave the, the lawn analogy and just said, you know, your lawn's not going to be beautiful all by itself. It, you know, it, it takes the work of humans to, to look good, right? It's, it's like that gardener that someone says, man, look what God's done in your garden. And the guy said, yeah, you should have seen it before I got here <laughs> when God had it by himself. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that idea because obviously there's a, there's a part that God has done within this world in the sense of creating life and flowers and trees and all that. But then, you know, we're the caretakers, right? We're, we're the caretakers. And so when it comes to nature, nature is beautiful, but we're the caretakers, right? That's why I think that global warming and all that stuff, you know, I don't, that's not a sham. I don't think that's a hoax. I think it's all true. I think we need to care for our planet. We need to care for each other. We need to care for ourselves. And in doing that, we care or love God. So that, uh, that was a little side, a little side teaching for those that, that care, but to, to know that truly, how do you love God? Unfortunately, many people think loving God is, I just, I love God. I just love God. I read my Bible every day. I love God. Okay. <laughs> but loving yourself and loving others is the key. It That's, that's the evidence, right? That's the evidence. That's the key. That's the most important part is loving yourself and loving others, loving this earth that God created. That's how we love God. It's not by just saying, I love God. I pray. I read the Bible. Good for you. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's get back on topic right after this short little commercial break. We'll be back in just a second. 